0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan. There is no Fergus Craig
1: this week, but there is Dave Watson. Hello, Dave. Hi, hi Paul. Hi. I, I'm, I miss Fergus. Dad's I just miss him so much. I just don't know when he's going to be back.
0: Fergus, for the listeners, is in Florida at the moment, presumably at Mar a Lago, trying to get more, <laughs> more far right funding. For his next scheme.
1: <laughs> he's got but, a similar hairstyle with Trump.
0: Yeah. I think, is it a coincidence Fergus leaves the country and we win a game by two goals for the first time
1: in recent memory? Well, of, of all of us, he's the most, he takes the most pleasure of our, like, what, what did he call it? Punctured hubris. Yeah. So, so when, when he's not around, maybe the, the team... You know, can can express themselves a bit more without that fear of his criticism.
0: <laughs> He's essentially saying, the Newcastle team have gone, that fucker's gone. Let's play in the performance. <laughs> it could happen. The, the shackles are off.
1: And I, what uh, yeah. a performance, Dave. Newcastle I 3, mean, Everton 1. So it's like, it's our best performance under Eddie Howe. And individually, I think, A few of the players had their best performances for us. Certainly, like I mean, I'm not going to count the debutants, but like Willock was fucking brilliant. Trippier had his best game, even though he'd already set a high standard. Saint Maximum best game under Eddie Howe. Like I could go through them one by one, but let's talk about first two goals because
0: it was quite a bizarre pair of goals. So it was who was the who was Holgate. Holgate. The first one was a LaSalle's own goal assisted by Holgate. And then mm. about 90 seconds later, a Holgate own goal <laughs> assisted by Lascelles. I was so nervous before this game started. It was the most sinking feeling I've had in ages when that goal went in. Because it... I don't know about you, my nerves were shot about three days before this game.
1: I, was, I couldn't function. So I'd gone through, through the, the almost like um because i've I've had like uh, a, a habit of of ch- like almost like um check checking myself before before so i don't get too excited or too nervous about something just like balls in the hand kind of check yourself <laughs> yeah. no but just like things things like um so when i when i first bought this this house i was like okay, let's just not get too excited about the bid that we've put in and don't worry if we don't get it and it's all fine. And then when we did get it, I was able to enjoy it. And, you know, I I, I like, I try and ride that middle ground and don't get too excited or too depressed. This, I was like, if we win, great, but there's no pressure. There's plenty of other games going on. Twitter was going like, this is it. This is the pivotal game of the season. After the fact, I can now say this was the pivotal game of our season. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was, but as well, it was after massive. going behind, you sort of, in the past, that's the sort of game where the heads would have dropped. I think it was quite, Kieran Trippier's role in not letting that happen looked huge to me. He was the one straight away. I mean, he seemed to be talked after we'd equalised as well, he seemed to be the one telling he just seems to spend half his time with the pitch telling players to calm down. And the other mm. half just flying into tackle. I, I, <laughs> I don't think I've liked a player like
1: Trippier for a long time. He's, he's um, I think I saw some like fan cam or something, and a guy said he's been going to the game, like going to watch Newcastle for 50 years, and uh, Kieran Trippier is the best right back he's ever seen. Even though he's only played like oh. how many games, like four or five games for us now. Um, that that is very the, the... very hard on ML Craft. <laughs> um, the one thing I wanted to mention is that uh, I was obviously watching the game But I also had Twitter on at the same time And one of the journalists said That the the reaction to The opening goal Wasn't like resignation It was Defiance from the crowd The crowd almost were like You're not going to fucking spoil today We are going to have a good game of football now And they roared them back I have no doubt that Kieran Trippier picking up the ball and telling the two two players who are you know nestled in the back of the net, get up, let's go, come on. And like you say, like I think it's the shortest gap between own goals being scored for um like the opposite side, like the, the, the two teams, the shortest gap between them in Premier League history.
0: That's huge. That's a huge that's,
1: that's massive. <laughs> that's that's amazing.
0: <laughs> the other player who I think is we have to give a lot of praise for controlling the atmosphere and making sure nerves didn't get carried away. Weird I do mean this as well. It was Jordan Pickford. I think if you think how nervous that crowd could have been, but there was one focal point to just mm. scream at for the first half. I think if it hadn't been for him, there would have been a lot more nervous energy
1: going around that stadium. It's it's because they could smell blood. Because every yeah. time every time Pickford's played. At Spark. he's had a shitter. There's just something. Actually, there was one game where where Everton dropped him for the the Newcastle game, and that was the one game that was played behind closed doors. (laughs) It was just the stadium.
0: (laughs) And I I think some of the best trolling of a player I've ever seen, (laughs) someone dressed as a dinosaur behind him.
1: (laughs) He with his little arms. There were consistent chance of he's only got little hands, little arms, you know. But um, yeah, Pick- Pickford was the focal point for us until Deli Ali came on the pitch, and then there were two yeah. villains of the piece. And because he was just spoiling for a fight. Him. Well, have
0: you seen and the rumours about after the game? Where oh, about Joe Linton? Al- allegedly, he sort of picked a fight with Joe Linton, who floored him. And then Chris Wood tried to break it up. Delielli had a go at Chris Wood, who then floored him again. <laughs> I think that that might be sort of Twitter hyperbole, but I really hope that's true. He just seems like a proper. Yeah. At least he used to be a talented arsehole. Now he just seems
1: like an arsehole. Arsehole. Mm. Um, but I wanted to mention that our equaliser, the the corner from Trippier, was genuine quality yeah. and the movement for the cells to to get that essentially a free header that was great as well i think that's that's a that's something that i was hoping for from how because a lot of people spoke about how good he is at organizing set pieces and i think we saw it in the in the in that equalizer it was just it was really well done and Lascelles is unlucky in a way that it came back off the crossbar.
0: Yeah. And imagine a six foot seven inch Dan Byrne in there
1: as well. (laughs) We, We do look like a set piece threat now. Yeah. Cause I mean, you've got, you haven't just got Dan Byrne, Lascelles, Chris Wood. You've also like, you've got players who can be a threat from set pieces by occupying space in the, in the 18 yard box and just outside. Cause we've got threats like, Ryan Fraser and uh, John Joe Shelby from the edge of the box. You've got players like Joe Willock who can attack. I'm getting carried away. I I know. Know I one
0: am. player who I think it is fair to say wasn't a goal threat in one specific incident is oh Joe, Joe <laughs> <laughs> Which we can laugh now, but at one all, we just think never, this is just isn't going to happen. So if, so, if so, you've somehow not seen it, I don't know how anyone can't have done the ball comes through a crowd to Joe Linton, basically unmarked in the penalty area. He can't mm. quite get his foot in. <laughs> he sort of stumbles, kicks it into his own
1: head, <laughs> and then the chance. It, I just, it, it took me a few times to realize he kicks the floor. And in so doing, it like, it skips the ball up and he's already falling over. So he clocks himself in the head. But Jesus, that kid. If honestly, if he just stepped out of the way, Chris Wood was there to put it away. Or I think, to yeah. or, it I mean I, Yeah. Gifted to the keeper. He had a he had a few chances. Um I don't think he was particularly unlucky with the offside goal because he was comfortably offside. Yeah. And yeah. Um he had a couple of opportunities that he just put into Pickford's hands. But um he held up the ball, okay. Like I'm not. Yeah. I said I said ages ago that he's a bang average Premier League striker, and he's proving that. You know, he's not. He's, I think I think what be the game,
0: what the Everton game showed for Chris Wood, it's not so much just about goals with him. Like if Callum Wilson has an off day, then we don't really have a threat. If Chris Chris Wood might not hit the target, but still wins a lot of aerial duels, makes space for players genuinely running behind him Mm. and now we've got Fraser like Fraser was in for the second goal Fraser's in the six yard box when's the last time we had a winger in the middle of the six yard box
1: no I I, and he wasn't alone in there there were because um when some I mean a couple of things credit to Willick for chasing down the ball and then having the wherewithal to give it across to like to find wood Wood to give it to Joe Linton, Joe Linton drives a little bit into the box and then releases some maximum. That burst of pace to to accelerate even more than you know, he's already gone fast. And then to get the ball in. And I think it was Wood and Fraser in the center. And if anybody deserves like a bob one bobbled in his ass, it was Wood. But Fraser took it instead. So Yeah.
0: yeah. I think as well, because we've sort of got used to it is. Easy to gloss over just how good St. Maximin was. If he'd mm. been a new sign-in and that was his debut, can you imagine what the reaction would be? We'd be going out of our minds.
1: Well, there would have been penises helicoptered all over the stadium. It would been... <laughs> that is well, all the game I...
0: was missing. We had a dinosaur, we had Joel Linton kicking himself in the face. <laughs> we just needed some helicopter, and it would have it would have been a, a DVD-worthy game.
1: I had a I had a like a brief um, argument with a, a Newcastle f- friend of mine, and he's got—he's the kind of guy that um, when we had Robert did didn't like him because he didn't track back. Never took to—I don't know—Perez. Never took—you'd he, always got to find somebody skillful that he—he he just doesn't give a lot of credit to. Is this? He, fun was compla- me? <laughs> <laughs> he was complaining that um, Saint Maximum didn't uh, didn't pull the ball back. I think he had a couple. Of, certainly, one in like the ninety-first minute or something for Bruno. Um, he didn't pull the ball back, and he took the shot himself. And he's like, he's so greedy, and he does this all the time, and all the rest. of it. I was like, he—he's got an assist. He laid it on for Joe Linton to like side foot into an side foot in like an easy chance. He's laid it on. Yeah, I think his um, expected assists was something like two or three. Now that's massive in a game. Um, so I don't get the criticism of St. Maximum saying that he's a greedy player and all the rest of it when he still creates more than any other player on our pitch yeah. and like genuine, all you've got to do is put it away.
0: Like he I creates- think there's games where that criticism has applied with him. But I think the only criticism that I had was, again, the sort of not going down too easily but getting up too slowly, more in the first half. Mm. And I'm coming around to, all I can see is Andy Murray now, because of (laughs) Fergus, whenever St. (laughs) Maximus limping around.
1: But um, the the second goal, yeah, Fraser's was good, but let's just take a a moment to enjoy the third. I mean, at at a point where I was starting to get like properly nervous. Yeah. Because they were beginning to get more into the game. And... It actually came not long after um, one of their lads, I think it was Alan, who went through St. Maximum. Um Trippier didn't like took re- like took offense to that and just it set off like a brief period of about 30 seconds where every single opportunity we had, one of our lads just went fucking through theirs. Yeah. And it was like, all right, if we, if you want to boil it down to a physical contest, we'll have yours. And then we go up the other end. Again, Alan takes out um, Fraser. Oh, Trippier, to have that in his... Oh, man. Yeah. I'm too And
0: credit to Fraser as well for effectively what was the assist. We sort of talked Mm. about where our goal threat is going to come from, and it feels like he's been getting better under Howe, and now that goal threat that he's had before at Bournemouth seems to be coming through.
1: I'm excited. Though. There was a there was a video of him um, being interviewed. I think by the club, and he was talking. They asked him, "Like, are oh, you playing your best football at the minute? Like, what do you put that down to?" And he said that um, he, he he refused to criticise the previous uh, regime, but you I could see I... on his face he was like basically because Bruce is shit I think he also
0: to be fair criticised himself and said I hadn't been playing well enough but yeah they're they're clearly working a lot harder he said in that interview they're all like they're not being rested the day after that game they're all in tomorrow or today Mm. as it is Yeah, today as it was yesterday
1: (laughs) but yeah I think um, I think he's improved I think I don't see anybody regressing under Howe except for St. Maximum, but then this is on just off the back of St. Maximum's by far his best game for Howe. Like, yeah. I, everybody else seems to either be plateauing or improving. So I'm, I'm excited to see what comes be next. The only
0: other one. I think as well, one player we've not mentioned who I think needs an honourable mention, Matt Target. Who oh, you don't particularly yeah. notice, but just a properly solid left back. You kind of you realise we've not had that when you see one play 90 minutes and it's like, oh, that's what's meant to happen. <laughs> Why are cross is just flying in?
1: Well, I didn't... Yeah, so there was a couple of occasions where he stopped the cross at source and I was like, oh, yeah, that's that, what they're supposed that's to the do. Thing. But then, it, like you're saying, he, I didn't really... Notice him not in the same way as I know it's trippier, but that's because what he was doing was providing the platform from which Saint Maximum was able to attack. Like Saint Maximum was much higher up the pitch than he has been in the past, and I think that the Target was quite happy to win the ball and, and pass it on. I do think that he might get frustrated if Saint Maximum doesn't like consistently fails to pass him on the overlap. Because target did get past him a couple of times and was in a decent position for a cross, and Saint Maximum cut inside. I think there needs to be an agreement that, like, yeah, all right, like just one out of every five. But I
0: think with a, with even an ordinary winger in front of him, you would say that's going to take a few games to work out an understanding. If it's yeah. possible to work out an understanding with Saint Maximum, <laughs> which seems hard because he doesn't seem to know where he's going to go.
1: Then <laughs> did you see the the? We'll <laughs> the uh, So after the game, <laughs> Maximum, like, all, he must have been like doing it in the car on the way home or something. He tweeted out to an oh, Everton yeah. fan who, who, who'd who replied to him ages ago, like from fucking jan- like, early January or something, had said, Oh, well, you're average or something like that. And so Maximum said that average was good enough tonight. It's like, I like that amount of. Yeah. yeah. That vinegar. I like that. Good bit of pettiness. I
0: don't think there's yeah. much more to say about that. I mean, we could talk about that game for another hour, but I think that would be stretching even our listeners' enjoyment mm. of Newcastle. So I think we'll take just, a quick break and let what just
1: I was just gonna say that um it was the the atmosphere at the, the the ground was unreal. It's the best atmosphere I've heard in yeah. in ages, and it was really nice to see um Uh, Amanda Stasley failed to do a handshake. She did one of those like reach out when the person was going to fist bump and then go for a fist bump and ended up just looking like rock, paper, scissors. It's fucking lovely to see that. It's what we all follow
0: the game for. It's (laughs) It's what we grew up loving. It's what hopefully we'll see every game for the rest of the season. So we're going to take a quick break and then come back and answer your questions and look ahead to the Villa game. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Good break, Dave.
1: Really nice. Thank you. Really, really lovely. That's nice. Just did a bit of like soul searching. and Just calming exercises, breathing exercises, things like that. Just being in the moment. I heard a piss. We've all all got our ways.
0: (laughs) We're going to move straight on to Twitter questions. John Tilly says given how bad Everton were, who else do you think is going to get drawn into the relegation battle now if us and Norwich keep picking up points?
1: Well, I'll let you go first, if you like. Well if I think
0: if us and Norwich keep picking up points is maybe a stre- it'll be intriguing to see if Norwich's form continues because that's a little bit scary. I think Brentford are definitely getting sucked in the form they're in. Everton, you'd have to say a Leeds. Are they in there? Would you say?
1: Well, I would say so. On the Brentford thing, I'd say that because originally I was looking at them thinking oh, this should they should be okay. But most of the teams below them have got at least two games in hand. Some like I think Burnley have three games in hand on them, so that's six point cushion. It's not looking quite as fluffy as it did a few days. Yeah. Like a few weeks ago. Um, What about Leeds? I think, I think Leeds are safer than Brentford because, you know, Leeds are managed by Bielsa. Leeds have got big players to come back. I don't know when they're due back, but they are. As far as I know, Phillips isn't out for the season. I think he is due to come back at some point. So you've got these big players to come back and Bielsa's a damn good coach. And, you know, I, They've got Bamford coming back haven't they and they've been missing a striker yeah I don't think they so, know
0: when he's coming mm-hmm. back I think he's in a bit of a callum wilson situation right so who knows I the st- thing that st- worries the thing that worries me about everton is playing them this week they looked a lot like us in terms of like us at the start of the season their approach to mm-hmm. the game looked. They look not really up for it. And they've got a similar thing we had to when Bruce left us and when Rafa left them. They're trying to now implement a whole new attacking style. And we've seen how long it's taken for that to start bearing through under how. So yeah. I can't see them think, turning I've, it
1: around quickly. I think the, the biggest issues for Everton are the 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 players that they've brought in. Aren't necessarily the, the what what their side was lacking because they had yeah. plenty of attacking talent like Townsend, Demari Gray, Richarlison. You know they've got talented attackers. What they needed was somebody to control the midfield because I think Gomez and Allen were were bossed by Joe Linton, Willock, and and um, and Shelby. I just I think that. Everton are in trouble, and the only way I can see them getting out of it is by players like Deli Alley just just fancying it in a big game and, and and you know relying on their natural ability to get them through games. I don't there's have a, a lot of faith in Lampard. There's a
0: spot, Dave. I'm going to take you off the fence and put you on the spot. Who's going down? I want three names?
1: I think Watford definitely, I'd say Burnley and probably Norwich. Yeah, I think
0: I I could see Burnley or Norwich being replaced by Brentford as well. Burnley now, because we've taken their out-of-form striker and given them £25 to buy a much cheaper, seemingly better striker. (laughs) Although that's harsh on Chris Wood, he did have a decent game. But their, their new guy does look quite tasty.
1: He looks good, but then um, I said th- I said it before that I don't think having a reliable striker was Burnley's problem. I think Burnley's problem is that they they don't win a lot of games, and for all Weghorst is a is a good striker, and. Um, I still think that they don't control the midfield. I think that they are—they uh, are—they're um, vulnerable to teams who can pass it around. I mm. think that they are, like, certainly they can be prone to, um,
0: like, their they, physicality. I'm going to have to stop you. I don't care enough about Burnley to discuss okay, to discuss yeah.
1: how they play. Yeah.
0: No, Sean That's Morgan fine. asks, what percentage of the last two wins are down to the opposition being awful? versus How's training and philosophy taking hold. I think the Leeds one, we had a sort of immediate counter to that yesterday when we saw them draw in 3 all with Villa. They're a defensively poor team, but they're not awful. And the fact we held them to a clean sheet, I
1: would say, is fairly decent. What do you think? I'd agree with that. To answer the question, I'd say that... (laughs) How's how's improvements to us have meant that we've been in a position to take advantage of teams who are playing poorly previously under Stephen Bruce? We even even against that like that Leeds or that Everton side, I wouldn't have expected to see performances like we saw. So a bit of both. And I know he's asking for a percentage, so I'll say 60, 40 in favor of how.
0: Wow. We do like our percentages on this pod, don't we?
1: How much do we like them? What what percentage?
0: 45 55 for me.
1: All oh, right. I'll, yeah. I'm on the other way.
0: What else have we got?
1: Well, I wanted to think, mention that. It, sorry, sorry, go, go for it, Dave. I was just going to say that, like, what, what's really important in my head is the. That that win, not only did it take us out of the, the bottom three, but all the other teams around us kind of like I hope will remind the our players that the rest of the rest of that group are shit. Like the rest of those teams are shit. And we're shit, but we can win. And I hope that like gives them a bit of all those little soft victories, a good performance and a win. Like it gives you like optimism carries some momentum, two wins on the bounce for the first time this season. I think we're the only side in the bottom three or four to actually win two two games on, on this on the spin. Um I think that the way that Norwich um and and Villa dropped two points rather than snatching one point will be damaging to their morale. So there's lots of things I, I can take. From that win, not just the three points and the three goals.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. It's sort of the Leeds one, it felt like maybe we rode our luck a bit, but the Everton one, that was first half was tighter, but second half we were dominant. We hit the post as well. We could have, could and should have had mm. four. So oh, think, the chance
1: for Murphy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Who's, and got honestly, the, yeah,
1: the chance for Brute, like we didn't talk about. Well, I think we'll come on.
0: We'll probably come on to Bruno when we talk about. Actually, that might be a good time to get onto the Villa game because we have had Chris Sugar at Sugar Wookie has asked, "Do we trust Shelby to be able to contain Coutinho this weekend without bringing his axe out and getting a red card, or does Bruno start?" This feels like the big selection question. Like Bruno has to come in at some point. Do we change the system to bring him in, or does he just replace
1: one of that three? Um, I think because Willock had his best game. Joe Linton had another decent game in, in in that role. Shelby, he was actually pretty decent defensively, but I would expect Bruno to be better than him.
0: Weirdly, yeah, um, Willock and Joe Linton both made far more tackles than Shelby, even though Shelby's playing at sort of that, that deep line role in front of the back four. But then Shelby's mm. the better passer of the three. It seems like skill set wise, Bruno feels like more of a replacement for Shelby than either of the yeah. other two.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I would be tempted to introduce Bruno gently, partly because it's a new, you know, it's 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 a new league. Um, partly you say that, because... Dave, but then
0: let's look at what he did in three minutes against Everton. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was something he made a key pass, quite a few tackles. He got a higher who scored rating than about five Everton players who played 90 minutes with yeah. <laughs> a three-minute cameo.
1: Yeah, I get that. But I also think there could be value in like keeping keeping a winning side together as, as much as you can. And but say say it's like it's nil-nil and we're kind of laboring and we're not getting, you know, maximums not getting any joy or whatever, We're laboring. And then in the 50th, the 60th minute, then we bring on Bruno lifts, the entire crowd. There's this new bit of energy and all the rest of it. So like speaking from a mentality point of view, it might, cause, cause there's no, there's, there'd be nothing wrong with, with how choosing as much as he can, the, the side that beat Everton. As, as a starting lineup. Just I don't think I, I think you can make a very strong argument for like we well, don't mess with a winning formula and yeah. then introduce Gumieris earlier. Um the only player that he has to drop is Target, which is a concern. Yeah. But
0: yeah, I, think, I, th- I could see I mean Mankio's cameo against Leeds makes me think I would rather have Mankio covering at left back than Richie's probably the only other fit option, isn't he?
1: Yeah, and I like I wouldn't fancy Richie. I just wouldn't fancy him anymore. No. I just I think he's useful to have around the club, and maybe his utility, his versatility, is useful off the bench. But no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't want to start him.
0: I would have Mankio and Trippier ahead of Richie at left
1: back. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think so, the only
0: thing with Shelby, in terms of. Does well or, or where Bruno comes in in that position? You sort of deep line midfielder. It's one of those positions like centre back where you don't tend to get subbed off unless you're injured because it's too too pivotal to, too pivotal to how you build up the game. Mm. But I think it, I think he has to start soon. I'd like to see him start against Villa because I think I think he'd be a a good upgrade on Shelby. I think he'd be mm. better in the position Joel Linton's playing than Joel Linton. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to see Willock drop just because the improvement is coming. We're going to need Willock to start getting goals to some yeah. degree. And he's one of the but he's more capable of that than Joel Linton. I think we can yeah, definitely agree.
1: I absolutely agree with that. I think that um if if you're going to drop anybody from the from the lineup for Bruno, it has to be, in my eyes, it has to be Shelby. But I think you could you could get away with exactly the same um, starting lineup, and I'd be alright with that because it makes sense it's like there is a very good reason why you're doing this because you won the last game
0: yeah well you even do four two three one with Bruno and Shelby at the base and then Willock or Joe Linton and number 10
1: yeah but I don't think either of the Joe Linton or Willock have done anything to deserve being oh no way Joe Linton kicked himself in the face with football <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 I forgot about <laughs> I've got to that. Um,
0: back. I think as well, i just think sort of stats wise, yeah. Joe Linton and Willock both had a better game than Shelby. Shelby's been yeah. good. Shelby also could easily have been sent off in that game. He still seems yes. to have that in him. So I would yeah. feel safer with Bruno where Shelby is. But I think it's it's one of the few times in his Newcastle career where dropping John Joe Shelby would feel harsh.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've never been a massive. John Joe Shelby fan. You hate him. I do. I can't I, I stand just, him. Well, what he did to Harry Potter. <laughs> God, I'm oh, sorry. It was that. That was a low hanging fruit. But, uh, <laughs> well, and you ate it. Yeah, doubled <laughs> it all up. Now I think, um, I think the Villa game will be interesting because apparently, well, they've definitely got concert out, and uh, Coutinho was a uh, doubt, but I think he's like seventy five percent likely to play um, and there was somebody else whose name I, I, I can't remember who it was but there was somebody else that they might be missing um, it's, I don't know with, with, with Aston Villa they, they haven't beaten us at St James's Park since 2005 um, so maybe we're a bit of a bogey ground for them I think it'll be another
0: good atmosphere One th- I'm not feeling the same level of existential dread as I was against in the build-up to the Everton game, yeah, this feels seriously. like one where, because we've got those last two wins in the bag, you sort of think a draw or a loss and playing well will feel like there's still some kind of momentum. I think. I think the worst thing would be just reverting back to how we were about five games ago. But there's just there seems to be so much improvement across the board. I'm I'm looking forward to a game of football. <laughs> it's so weird. Every up is down, black is white. It just doesn't well, none of this makes sense.
1: But then we've got another weekend where quite a few of the the other fixtures are uh, are like leaning to a position that we can take advantage of. Like Norwich are hosting Man City. So you'd expect Norwich not to get anything from the game. I know it's football and anything yeah, can yeah, happen. Yeah. Burnley are at home to Liverpool. You've got um Else, so you've got Watford and Brighton. Well, that's one one written all over it, yeah. and then Everton and Leeds, which again, it could go either way. Um, and Brentford, Crystal Palace. So, you've got like you haven't like if I don't know if if um if Everton had someone like if Everton had Crystal Palace or Everton had Southampton or something, I could see like Everton getting back out of it. If Norwich had Crystal Palace or Southampton, you could see them making a case for. I mean, Norwich took a point off Crystal Palace or. Gave up. I mean, yeah. they nearly lost it. I mean, did you see Zaha's penalty? No, I've heard about it. <laughs> it's probably the worst penalty I've ever seen. Is abs- I mean, he jokes about it afterward, but oh,
0: man, it was terrible. But Norwich terrible. are picking up points. I don't feel like I can rely on Palace to do us any favours at the because they seem, they seem a very hot and cold team who don't have a lot to play for already.
1: Yeah, but then... They're well, not on the they beach, turn-
0: but they're they on the bus to the beach.
1: <laughs> you reckon being yeah and the coach has been driven by John Carver. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know I I just I think this is a weekend like if we could get another 3 points I think we, we could find ourselves in a position where all the other teams around us like none of the other teams around us sorry pick up a, a win and that could mean that our 1 point gap on Uh, the the relegation zone stretches to four or stretches to, you know, two or three, whatever. Yeah. I I just fancy fancy a win could be, it could be like the, not the straw that broke the camel's back. I I can't think of a a good idiom, but like it could be that good. It could burst
0: the dam. Yes. But I think as well, controversially, I'd like us to win as well. (laughs) I think it would be good. Oh, I'd, li- I'd like to see us win this game. Where are your morals now, you fucking
1: hypocrite?
0: <laughs> I did. Feel, I did feel a bit pathetic getting outraged at Kurt Zuma kicking a cat, considering my own moral situation with fucking Yemen at the minute. <laughs> but
1: did you see? That? My and this, life. Is, this is murky waters for two like white middle class men to wade into. But did you see Michael, uh, Michael Antonio's car? window interview
0: yeah I'm not sure again I'm not sure we, we should, should talk about it? it no I don't mind <laughs> no that. I think I think there was a valid point in what he, he was, was making, trying to make yeah but it's a point that no one's ever going to hear because they're just going to be like why are you making this point the man <laughs> drop kicked a cat and you're yeah. trying to make it about racism but I think he had a legitimate point about moral outrage but I don't think that's unique to Premier League footballers I think britain as a nation when it comes to animal cruelty holds that a lot higher than human cruelty if it's something we can't see and it's across the world or it's people who live in sand (laughs) who suddenly don't (laughs) give a shit that's the sort of horrible truth of it
1: like jawas yes
0: (laughs) so that is that's all the big issues covered i think what's your prediction for sunday
1: Oh for all I think it would be amazing I'm going to go for a 1-1 I mm. just I just think that we can't have nice things I think we can have nice things
0: and I think we're going to have nice things I'm going to go
1: 2-0 I would I would eat that slice of pie happily um very happily I don't believe it
0: but I'd like it to happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think Fergus would, um, because of the overall positivity around the club right now, he would predict a 2 loss. Just to, yeah. you know. Think, or the not-the-usual 1-1. Am I just saying 1-1 because I don't want to jinx it? Or do I actually think it's going to be? No, I think yeah. it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be a draw.
0: I think I. I think the point that was made earlier on Twitter is a good one. I would much rather see an untested Bruno shackling Catinho than John Joe Shelby.
1: Oh Jesus! Yeah, that's fair. And I think we will.
0: I think Bruno will start. I don't know if it'll be in place of Shelby, Joelinton, or Willock. But I'm excited. I'm not scared of football. I think even I if said, we lose it's not going to ruin the weekend and the following well, I think for the
1: yeah for the first time in ages we've got a right back of genuine quality we've got like we, we didn't even see Dan Burn so we don't know if no. he's going to start against Villa um we've got like a, a central midfielder that everybody's spaffing in their pants about we've got an attacking midfielder who is one of the most I don't know dangerous players in the Premier League because you don't Johnson. know what he's going to do you don't, know, you don't know which part of his body he's gonna hit with his shots. But we've got like throughout the throughout the squad now, I think we've got a lot more quality. Yeah. And and suddenly Ryan done. Fraser feels like
0: better. Someone who can chip in with goals and assists.
1: Yeah. And it feels weird to be like this positive. I, I I still don't think it's it's really sunk in yet.
0: No. And it might take we could get hammered 4-0 and be back in the relegation zone and suddenly think, oh shit, it's back yeah. to this again. But I think that if that, you can't that, that enjoy if you can't enjoy a 3-1 victory over Everton and Jordan Pickford getting taunted by a man in a dinosaur suit, then you can't enjoy life. And I, I pity you. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's far. everything. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that we need to cover. Oh, well, hopefully statues Fergus. Oh, yeah, Shearer's statue is getting moved back into the ground, isn't it? Or yeah. onto club land. Yeah. Oh, that's good, I guess.
1: I don't know. Not. Yeah. Just, if, again, if Fergus was here, he'd be, he, he's, he's anti, like, statues and flags and True. those kind of things. So he'd be, I don't know. Grumpy about it, but I think it's quite nice. I think we get it's a few nice, more statues.
0: But I think as well, it's like a statue's being moved from somewhere to somewhere else. <laughs>
1: this is... Somewhere close to the ground to somewhere on the grounds. Like on the Dave Watson "rip your cock off" amateur. It's it's
0: not even take your belt off. <laughs> no, level <Yeah>. of excitement. <laughs> I think we can wrap it up there. So thank you very yeah. much, Dave Watson.
1: Cheers, Paul. I appreciate everything you do.
0: Thank you. Don't get this with Fergus. Jeez, yeah. I appreciate you too, Dave. Thanks, I- Matt. Let's hug. Right. And thank you. you to you, the Natalist. Oh, this is awkward now. Thank you to you, the <laughs> listener. I like you too. I like spending time with you too, actually. <laughs> and goodbye. Bye-bye.